We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I want to talk about truth and opinions, Christmas, the Polar Express, and I'm going to ask you this question. Does it really matter what you believe? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Well, I'm actually producing this show. As I talk right now, it's Friday morning, the Friday before Christmas 2022. And therefore, I think I'd be remiss not to make the subject of this particular show, Christmas. And I'm going to do so within the context of the idea of Christmas. The last couple days, I've talked to you about the creeds, the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, the Athanasian Creed, and what these creeds say about our faith that there's no confusion, that the creeds are very clear, that Christianity is defined as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, and that Jesus within that trinity has been defined from the very beginning of our faith as God from God, light from light, true God from true God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, the Great I Am, Emmanuel, God with us, that this is the definition of Jesus Christ, the newborn Messiah, born as a baby in Bethlehem, incarnate. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that he is the creator of all, that Jesus Christ, this mystery, this mystery of the incarnation of God himself, coming to earth in human flesh, and taking upon himself the burden for our sins, that this is the story of Christmas, and that it's not ambiguous. The creeds are clear, and the scriptures are clear. And history has been clear. We don't get to make up our own Christianity. We don't get to say that we believe in Christ and then define him differently and create a God that looks more like ourselves rather than the one that looks like Scripture, the Bible, the definitions that are provided for us therein. I've made it clear that people have died for this faith, that the early Christians were impaled, they were crucified, they were sawn asunder, they were boiled in oil, they were beheaded, they were used as entertainment in the Colosseums, in the games that led to their death. And that to treat this definition of Christianity lightly as if it doesn't matter is a fool's errand. I've tried to make that clear over the last couple days, and I think I have. So today we're going to wrap up this pre-Christmas week series of broadcasts with a story about the Polar Express. I've talked about this before. If you listen to the show on a routine basis, if you've been with me for a couple years or so, this may sound familiar. I'm going to put a little bit of a different twist on it, but I want to talk about the Polar Express and what that message conveys 
And don't get all huffy and puffy on me and suggest that, well, you're speaking negatively about a beautiful Christmas movie. Oh, I think it is a heart-rendering movie. I, I, I watch it. I've watched it multiple times, and I'm not saying you shouldn't. But I'm sh- saying you shouldn't be clueless as to the worldview behind the Polar Express. And that worldview is not one that embraces the clarity of the creeds or a definite definition of what Christmas is all about. I'm going to explain to you why. And we'll talk about that within the context of truth and opinions. And a lot of things that I talk about on this show, and that is the consequences of bad ideas, that they lead somewhere that isn't good. Bad ideas lead to bad places. Good ideas lead to good places. Ideas have consequences. The Polar Express, the direction of our ideas, and does it matter what you believe when it comes to Christmas? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back. I want to talk about uh, Christmas, ideas, truth, opinions, And does it matter what you believe? That basic rhetorical question, does it matter what you believe? Now, you may be wondering, why are you using the Polar Express as an example of that? Well, let me remind you something. And I write about this in, in, uh, I think, all three of my books. I talk about this analogy. Um, uh, It goes back to something I realized years ago when the Polar Express first came out and we first watched it when our boys were little. I can't remember what year that was. I guess I could look it up, but the Polar Express has been around for quite a while. But we watched it when it first came out. I think we went to the theater because it was 3D animated and it was a big deal. Um, Seth and Kobe and Marcy and I, we ran off for that Christmas performance at the theater and we watched that. And it's really a wonderful movie in many ways. You know the story. It stars Tom Hanks. It's animated. It's 3D animated production, but Tom Hanks is the main character. He is the conductor of the train, and the train is called the Polar Express. 
And that train takes its passengers on a magical Christmas Eve trip to the North Pole. If you remember, there's a little boy that is featured as one of the main characters, and you first get introduced to him. He's sitting around in his house on Christmas Eve, and apparently he's reaching that age where he's old enough to start doubting the story of Christmas. Apparently mom and dad have told him that Santa Claus is real and that's the basis for Christmas. And now he's starting to realize that this probably isn't so. And so the magic, the mystery, the fun of Christmas is escaping him. And many of us remember those days where there's something about your childhood innocence that's lost. You don't know for sure when you lost it, but when you're, let's just say 12, 13, 14, you start, you start to realize that that innocence and the the mystery and the magic of some of the stories that you've held dear. Your imagination is compromised by reality, right? Well, that's basically where this little boy is. And he goes to sleep on Christmas Eve in his house. And then all of a sudden, a train chugs up and stops in front of his home. Is this a dream or is it real? Well, the story doesn't really tell you if it's either. You suspect that it's probably a dream because where'd that train come from? Is there a train track in front of this boy's house? That type of thing. But anyway, it chugs to a stop and the snow flies to the left and the right in front of the little boy's house. And he steps out on the front porch and off of the train steps a conductor with the voice of Tom Hanks and beckons the little boy to get on the train. So he does. He gets on the train and then the train proceeds down through the neighborhood and stops in front of one house and then another and then another as several little children get on the train in like fashion and off the train heads it chugs through the forest and down the hills through the valleys across frozen lakes you remember this you remember the story and all along the way tom hanks as the conductor is talking to the children well the train arrives at the north pole and uh, The little boy, as well as the other passengers, get to meet Santa Claus. They are fascinated by the magic of the winter wonderland of the North Pole. The magic of Christmas has come alive again. The little boy and the rest of the passengers relax as the train starts heading back home. Quietly this time, a lot of the adventure, a lot of the danger is lost. The train is just going along smoothly. It's chugging toward home. Christmas Eve is over. It's now Christmas morning. And one by one, the train stops in front of the houses of these respective children. And Tom Hanks ushers them off and lets them walk into their homes where they crawl into bed and then presumably wake up from this dream. Well, as the train chugs to a stop, Snow flying left and right in front of the little boy's house. Tom Hanks steps off first into the snow, lets the little boy follow him, and as the boy walks down the steps and stands there with Tom Hanks, likewise, Tom Hanks leans over to the little boy, and he says this, and this is what I want you to get out of this story. He says, you know, the thing about trains is that it doesn't matter where they're going. What matters is deciding to get on one. I want to repeat that. Do you remember that scene? Tom Hanks leans over to the little boy. The entire movie is over, essentially, at this point. The Christmas Eve train ride to the North Pole. The magic, the wonder, the beauty 
of the Christmas story, at least the Christmas story that they're telling in the Polar Express. That's all over now. Was this a dream? Was it real? What's the moral to the story? The moral to the story, as Tom Hanks summarizes it to the little boy, is the thing about trains is this. It doesn't matter where they're going. What matters is just getting on. Get on the train. Another way to say it is this. It's the journey that's important, not the destination. It doesn't matter where you're going. The destination isn't important. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Have you heard that before? In scenarios other than the Polar Express. Now, it sounds wonderful, right? You know, the thing about trains is this. It doesn't matter where they're going. What matters is just getting on. Get on a train and enjoy the ride. The destination doesn't matter. Enjoy the journey. I've heard a lot of people say that. I've heard Christian people say that. I may have even said it at one time, and you may have too. But is that really the Christmas story? To say, hey, doesn't matter what train you get on, just get on one. Enjoy the ride. Let me paint another picture from another movie to try to make my point here. This movie was produced just a few years before the Polar Express. I'm sure many of you watched it, too, because it was very popular. It was a big deal. This movie involves a train. And you see this train. You hear its whistle. You see the steam bellowing from its stack as it chugs through the snow-laden forests, over the hills, through the woods, down through the valleys. Now, this is not a 3D animated movie. This is actual reality. Real actors, not animated actors. A real train, not a cartoon train. Again, I want you to listen to the whistle. I want you to see the smoke billowing from its stack. I want you to hear the chugging of the engine. I want you to feel the chill in your bones as this train chugs through the forest. It's a real forest. It's the Black Forest of Germany. This movie is Schindler's List. It's not the Polar Express. Now, as this train moves along, you see that it's towing many cars, but they aren't passenger cars, they're box cars, you know, the kind of cars that are used for handling goods, and at times even cattle, livestock. In these cars are not animals, but people, Jews, because this train is bound for Auschwitz. And here's a scene I want you to remember in this movie. As that train moves along, from village to village, it has to slow down like trains do when they go through congested areas. There's a scene where all of the Jews in one of the boxcars are looking out through the cracks as they go through one of the German villages. Now the Jews at this point in time, the passengers on this particular train, let's presume that they don't know where they're going. They don't know what their destination is. They're just enjoying the ride, right? because it's not the destination that matters, it's just the journey. Well, they're looking out through the cracks in the boxcars as they're crammed elbow to elbow on this particular train, and they notice that there's a little boy out sledding on the side of a hill right next to the tracks. And as the train goes slowly through his village, that little boy looks up at the train as it goes by, almost in slow motion. He stands there by his sled, and he looks up at the passengers who are looking at him out through the cracks, of the boxcar, and he 
makes the motion across his throat with his hand as if he's cutting his throat. You know, the universal motion, sign language for you're doomed. This is not going to end well for you. The train moves along and it comes chugging to a stop. Looks very much like the image in the 3D animated movie, The Polar Express. This train chugs through the gates of Auschwitz. It stops and the snow flies to the left and the right and the doors open and the passengers are ushered off the train and they're greeted by guards in the camp. And it's a snowy winter night. Snow is falling from the sky. It rests on the hair and the shoulders and the coats of the Jews as they come out of the train, out of the car, down the ramp, standing in the yard of Auschwitz. But at second glance, you notice that it's not snow. You thought it was. It was great big snowflakes, right? Falling from the sky. But as the camera pans across the across the courtyard, across the scene of this prison camp, this work camp, you see a great big smokestack in the background, glowing red and billowing ashes. The stuff that's falling on the Jews' shoulders and resting in their hair isn't melting. It's ash. Because that smokestack is the crematorium where they're burning the bodies of all the Jews that have been executed before these new ones arrived. Now I want you to think about the contrast between these two movies. And I want you to think about that statement from Tom Hanks, a statement that many of us embrace in terms of the way we live our daily lives. The thing about trains is this, remember? It doesn't matter where you're going. What matters is just deciding to get on one. Wonderful sentiment. That's the message of the Polar Express. Oh, you need to believe. Recover the magic. It doesn't matter what you believe. That doesn't matter. The destination of your belief, the objectivity, the specificity of your worldview, your beliefs, that doesn't matter because the thing about trains is this. It doesn't matter where you're going. What matters is just get on a train because the ride is beautiful. Every ride is beautiful. Your ride, your way, your opinion is beautiful. Really? Are you going to say that to the Jews that just stepped off their train into the courtyard of Auschwitz with smoke bellowing in the background and ashes falling from the sky and resting in their hair and on their shoulders, ashes of their relatives that have been executed and burned in these furnaces. Are you going to look at them and say, hey, you know, the thing about trains is this. It doesn't matter where you're going. Your destination doesn't matter. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Because every train is a good train. Every idea is a good idea. There's no objective right and wrong in terms of what you believe because the thing about trains is this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just decide to get on one. Wouldn't it be absurd to say that to the Jews? 
But yet we do say that in our daily lives, and the Polar Express is the poster child for that. Again, fun movie, watch the movie, but if you're watching it with your kids, recognize the messages that are being sent to them via the entertainment that they get on a daily basis. And the Polar Express is pretty tame. I mean, that was well over a decade ago when it was produced, and look where we've come. The train we've been on since the day of that production has led us to the confusion and the chaos of our current culture. You know, the thing about trains is this. The thing about sexuality is this. It doesn't matter what your views are about sexuality, men or women or marriage. It doesn't matter. But just get on. Get on the train of your own belief system with regard to your gender, your sex. Just get on the train and enjoy the ride. It's the journey that matters. It's not the destination. Or how about the economy? You know, the thing about the economy is this. It doesn't matter what economic system you embrace. Just choose one because they're all equal. All systems are basically the same. So communism, socialism, capitalism. Well, we really don't like capitalism. We don't like that train. But the others, it doesn't matter what you choose. How about open borders? You know the thing about open borders or closed borders or border security. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you believe. Just choose a system and enjoy the ride. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. How about climate discussions? You know, there's no right or wrong answer with regard to climate change, global warming, and the rules or regulations we're going to impose on society because of what science says? How about vaccinations? You know the thing about drugs, vaccinations, public health. It doesn't matter. We just need to relax and enjoy the ride. The list goes on and on and on. And when it comes to religion, we hear it all the time. This logic of relativism. Radical relativism. Everything's relative. Nothing is necessarily real. And if you want to believe in Buddhism, or if you're a Baptist, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. They all represent just different paths up the mountain to the same summit. And we're all going to get there in the end. And we're all just going to join together in a great big group hug and sing Kumbaya. Because the thing about trains is this. It doesn't matter. Which one you get on, just get on one and enjoy the ride up to the, up to the top of the hill. We'll all get to the same place. Does that sound familiar? Is that, is, is that what's being preached in your church? Is that what you're teaching your kids, either overtly or covertly, either by commission or omission? Because I can tell you this right now, if you're not talking to your kids and your grandkids about this stuff, they're getting this message very clearly in their local schools and in their daily entertainment, in stuff as innocent as the Polar Express. So the question is this, does it matter which train you get on? Does it matter which religion you embrace? Are they all the same? Well, no, they're not all the same because some of these faiths, some of these religions are directly antithetical to another religion. They refute the other religion by definition. People talk about Islam 
and Christianity, for example, being the worship of the same God, just under a different system. Because the Arabic name for God is Allah. That's all it is. You realize that, don't you? It's just Allah is God. So why would you say that the worship of Allah is any different than the worship of God? Well, here's the reason. Because it's not just the reference to God that we're talking about. It's the definition of God. The Muslim definition refutes the triune God. In fact, the inscription around the outside of the Dome of the Rock and those great big 12-foot-high letters, I can't remember if they're 12 or more than that, but huge letters, Arabic script around the outside, just below the blue base of the Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount in Israel, Those verses out of the Quran are the verses that refute the virgin birth and the Trinity. They specifically put those verses on there to say, we do not believe in the virgin birth. We think that's heresy. We think that's blasphemy to say that God is born. That's wrong. You can't do that. You should be executed when you do make such claims. And as far as a triune God, no, God is one. There is no three. So those verses say what? We disagree with Christianity. We we disagree with your major tenets of Christianity. The creedal statements that you espouse in the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, those are heresy. And we as Muslims are going to build this temple in a central location of, to refute the Christian claims. Notice that they're refuting Christianity more so than Judaism. Well, they were, they were refuting it too by building this Dome of the Rock on the site of King Solomon's Temple. So my point in bringing that up is, and now we could go through other religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, Baha'i faith, Baha'i faith, for example, is a very inclusive faith. It it basically embraces all of the great prophets of the ages. Muhammad and Jesus Christ are on the same platform. Because in the Baha'i faith, it doesn't matter whether you believe in Muhammad or Jesus. We're all going to get together and get along. Because the thing about trains is this, it doesn't matter. Just get on the religious ride and enjoy the journey of faith. That's not the message of Christmas, people. It's like I've told you before, I never once gave away a degree in opinions at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. I didn't celebrate people's opinions when they graduate. I didn't say, good for you, you majored in opinions, because that would have been absurd. Because it did matter what train or what ideas you embraced when you were studying biology, for example, or physiology. If you were pre-med, you had to get the answers right. You couldn't just make them up as you go because doctors that claim it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you are very dangerous people. They could kill you. If you were in nursing and you were going to administer medication on the basis of your opinion, I wanted you to stay away from me because you're dangerous. You could kill people. The same is true in every other area, and faith, religion, is the same. Some religions are wrong, 
But I would argue there's one that's right. And why do I claim that? Why do I make that exclusive claim? Well, first of all, I go back to the lessons of history. 2,000 years where people that gave their lives for the Christmas story said that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the second person of the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Word has made flesh and is dwelling among us. Incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, risen, and coming again. That he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through him. That he is Emmanuel, God with us. These are very exclusive claims. This isn't a great big group hug. This isn't kumbaya. This is deciding whether or not the claims of Christmas are true or false. This is a decision about getting on the right train. Not the Polar Express, not the train bound for Auschwitz, but the train of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace. Like I said, Emmanuel, the Word made flesh, God with us. So, as we get ready for Sunday, let me just say this. Merry Christmas, and long live the true King. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.